Hey everybody, this is Rachel Brumberger, and you're listening to Unscripted for all things healing and well-being. I'm so glad that you're here for your weekly dose of real talk, deep love, and medicine. Wellness and healing are never a one-size-fits-all thing. What everybody needs is different. My guests and I are always preparing information for you based on our experiences, whether that's personal or clinical or teaching, whatever it is, whatever walk we come from, so that you can gain a gem every time you listen and apply it straight away to transform your life and your health. Hey everyone, welcome back or welcome for the first time. I am really excited because I have Karen Osborne here with me today and for those of you who've been with me for a while, you may recognize Karen from episodes one and two, our inaugural times. She and I met during our podcasting class and started at the same time. She's the host of her podcast, Living in the Sandwich Zone, which is amazing and I highly recommend you check out. Karen is a lawyer, a mother, a caretaker, an all-around great person, a podcaster. She meditates. She's done a lot of healing work and has incredible perspectives. So when I had this, what I'm calling big little win, I wanted to share it with her and I knew she had some in her life too to share with us. And here we go. We're going to get into this big little wins, letting ourselves really celebrate and even give ourselves a little permission to analyze these bits and pieces that happen that may feel small but are actually quite huge in the grand scheme of living a great life healing things that hurt feeling more well so let's dive in so okay i had this wild really cool thing happen today so i i was on a call earlier today and it happened to be because of time zones it happened to be at noon and I was, I didn't eat lunch because I was on the call. I'd had like a semi-late breakfast and okay. Then this may sound, I mean, it sounds like benign, right? But then I also had to leave right after the call to go to birthday desserts for our family. Cause we have a couple of September birthdays and like, it was at, it was like an hour away at my sister's house. And, and I was like, I got off the call and then I prepped a few things and I was like, oh, I'm we're, I'm going to eat donuts and I didn't eat lunch. So, but here's the, here's where the like, fine, whatever. I mean, herein lies the rub, but here's the funny thing. So like, and I don't know if I've talked to you about this. I know that for some listeners, they may recall me talking about this, like a long time ago, I have this Mm -hmm. food scarcity response, like in my body, that's multi-layered so and it it goes a couple of ways and um and it actually when I was thinking about this later it reminded me of this episode you did also a while back on when you recognized that your perfectionism had like happened Mm. you were like a first grader with a writing assignment do you remember that episode so beautiful oh yeah oh yeah and you were talking about how ingrained some of these things are in us that came from generations before us and then they like manifest in us in real time and and we become these adults who bring these practices forward and I just I thought of you when when I recognized like the multi-layers of 
what happened in the moment about the donuts. Okay. So here's what happened. Mm -hmm. So I have this food scarcity thing, which is sort of a, a multitude of things like, right. I have a Jewish heritage. My grandfather was a Holocaust survivor and literally Mm -hmm. survived on like potato peels that some lovely person who was not supposed to help him when he was in the concentration camps, like would like scrounge for him. And like, there's a lot of, right. And like, yeah. And he Mm. is the only, he's, he's like one of like he and two nephews were like all that made it out of that time period on that side of my family. And so there's that, right. We have this like very real time for him, Holocaust, like not enough food survival stuff that runs literally in my genetic blood code. And there's that. And then because all of my family members were all, were all of Ashkenazic Jewish heritage, like other generations before him have left home come on boat, like come here. Like there's all this in my family line on top of the fact that culturally, one of the ways we love each other in our culture is like by feeding people. So it's like this, two, right. Mm. It's that two fold yeah, thing you. where it's like, there's not enough when there's a disaster, there's not enough. And you know, anybody listening right now who has any intergenerational trauma in them. And that's like, I'm sure lots of us, we know like certain things trigger certain groups of us. And that's one for me. And so on top of like how I've manifested over time in my life is like, is there enough food for the birthday party? Are we going to run out of food at Rosh Hashanah or Thanksgiving or the barbecue on Memorial day? Like, and yeah. my husband yeah. who has a combination background um, and the part of him that has the same heritage as me, like did not come through on this, like too much feeding everybody stuff. I'm like a goose thing. He's always like, you have completely over-ordered, like what can we like just pull back? And, and, and I would be like, my nervous system would be like, <laughs> like, no, like I would be in you would think it was crisis mode, right? That like, are there enough, right? You're nodding. You hear me. I totally get you. (laughs) I totally get you. And I know how it translates from generation to generation because I inherited it, not from Jewish faith background, but I remember hearing a story from my mother about having friends over for dinner Mm -hmm. and you know, it was kind of like the table was set with the buffet and, you know, people were just going yes. around the table and the hungry teenage boys went first and just like, hormonally ate the whole meal. So my, my, you know, my mom thinks thinking that she has plenty of food for all of these guests that have come to visit. And my dad makes some announcement. There's more where that came from. <laughs> and there wasn't. Oh my God. It wasn't more. Right. And so, so there was my mother in that moment scrambling to find odds and ends to put together to feed the rest of the guests. And for every single gathering since then, and I do it in my own family, we over prepare. Yeah. 
you have backup food stock mm-hmm. because the mantra that came out of that is it's better to have it and not need it than <laughs> to need it and not have it and so that applies to absolutely everything right? that i do yeah everything that i do whether it's packing to go on a trip yep what's the harm in taking that extra sweater or you know going to the grocery i think i have chicken broth but let me just get two more cans just yeah, just in case, in case. it's just in case just in case right yeah. is and it's yeah. incredible because totally it, it, it it's so it's so physiological right like if you were if i then were with you at the grocery store and i was like you got this care like you don't need extra broth you'd probably like how would you start break a sweat like I, my heart would race if it was me so but, and then i would and then i would rationalize it's like yeah but even if i do have it at home it's better to have it not need it than to need it and not have it that's right that's right and it's like it and then right? i spin into the what ifs right the what ifs well what if i open the can and it spills what if this you know what if whatever it's bad what if it's mm-hmm 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 it's all this and and it's funny because it's like i i'm sure lots of people can relate to some version of this right you know or you can't have company over if things aren't perfect or uh over cleaning overfeeding mm-hmm. i mean how many there's so many ways right so yeah so here i now I've also recognized, so, right, I've mentioned this, like, I'm a highly sensitive person. So, and I'm, I'm a, I'm a little bit of a lightweight, like I burn through my food pretty quickly. So when I get hungry, okay, when I'm actually hungry, like, (laughs) I wish I could burn through. (laughs) Don't hate me. I'm sorry. I know. It's like no. everyone's on one yeah, side or the other. That mantra. It's like it's better to have it, and not need it, Karen. Just I'm going to tuck it right here. So, so <laughs> I get like, like my blood sugar. You know, I have to like I carry snacks in my purse. Like I've finally learned to do that because um, it's helpful. And I, when I get hungry, if I get too hungry, like you know, I can't really fast. Like I'll get a headache. My heart starts to race. Like mm-hmm. it's a whole thing. And so I have been as part, as part of my self-care, I've been like really connected to like, what time of day is it? And like, did I put enough calories in my body to honor the time yeah. of day it is with like how I know I am. So of course today at like one ten, I was like, Oh my God, the whole thing broke down. And I was like, it's already late. I've now I've got to get in the car. And all I could think was in like blaring lights, like, where am I going to get lunch? Like, I just like hyper focused on it. It overcame you. Yeah, it overcame me. Yeah. And I had remembered like months and months ago where I had recognized that like mine, one of one of the other things I had learned about this, like. Oh, and by the way, as far as food scarcity is concerned, like I don't do this all the time, but I, I did, um, pre a certain political election when we weren't all sure what was going to happen a little while ago. And I thought possibly me and my people were going to have to flee the country really fast. I purchased (laughs) all of Costco and (laughs) I'm with you. I'm with you. And, and honestly, yeah. Rachel, it was like, it was one of my soothing coping strategies. Absolutely. Do you remember how hard it was yes. at, 
at points of the pandemic, it was really hard to find things in the grocery store. Yes. And I wasn't even really going in the grocery store. I was doing yes. Instacart or whatever delivery yes. thing. And I remember, I remember spending hours, hours checking things off on the order thing, just with the hopes that it would arrive. Maybe it'll and, come. Maybe and it'll come. Sitting, yeah, sitting. It was like, it was almost like, a little lotto thing when it's like, oh, oh it's in my cart. <laughs> There's jam. <laughs> they have and toilet paper. When it got delivered. Yes. And yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a really, it's a, really it's strange visceral... sensation. It is. And I don't, I am not yeah. the person who, who actually does generally have, despite the, the food scarcity about like company and feeding everyone, like in my pantry, I have extra, but I don't have like I don't have 12 jars of peanut butter and tuna fish, right. like in case there's right. an apocalypse. Not I actually do don't. I. And lots of people do. And I'm always impressed with them. And I became this person who had very calculatedly been like, how many cans of cram cranberry sauce could I feed 10 of us <laughs> in the woods with a spoon at a time? Like how would we'll keep, because that'll keep our bladders and kidneys happy it, because cranberries are cranberry? like, are a, <laughs> and it I has had a lot of UTAs in his kid. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> There's so a lot of cranberry I, juices. In yeah. So I had, I like, I was like, I could feed seven of us. I could feed 10 of us. I could feed 25. Okay. And you know, I had all these things. And so all to say, like I had realized maybe like last fall, so like about a year ago that this food scarcity thing, like at lunchtime when I had to like drive to go teach, but I hadn't had time to warm up my food yet or would creep up on me and my whole nervous system would like, I'd have this like just physiological mini, mini anxiety attack that I knew like intellectually wasn't actually real anxiety. It was like this old thing. And so one day when I had like gotten really good sleep and was super hydrated, it didn't happen. And I was like, oh, so mm. maybe my food scarcity thing can be managed with really good self-care in other places. It was fascinating. And so blah, 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 blah. Today, I stood in a kitchen and I just like lost my marbles for a few minutes about how I hadn't had lunch <laughs> and I was not going to have lunch. And what was I going to do? Or I was going to be super late to this family gathering. And I, like the whole, and I started to sweat and my heart started to race and my thoughts started to run away with me. And then I caught myself and mm -hmm. I, and I was like, Oh, like my little observer was like, you're freaking out. And I was like, yeah, I'm freaking out. And I was like, okay, sweetie it's okay. You're going to eat donuts. And I was like, I am going to eat donuts. And I was like, can't, I'm a wellness professional. I can't eat donuts for lunch, only donuts. I was like, maybe breakfast, but not lunch and not at two o'clock in the afternoon. Oh. So I just go through this whole conversation with myself. And then, then my, my witness observer was like, it, we can totally eat donuts for lunch. Cause it's Saturday and tomorrow you can eat vegetables or like, so it's fine. Let me ask you this. Was there something that prompted you to go into witness observer mode? Did you, was there yeah. something that you recognized going through this process that helped you get to that point? Yes. Okay. This is a beautiful question. Thank you. So 
I have been training myself for years, right. In my mm-hmm. wellness checklist, my ability to cult, like cultivate that witness observer. So, right. I've done like, I've done therapy. I've done the acupuncture. I do all kinds of body work. I've like, I've studied, I became a practitioner and all of that. And right. I, you know, all of those practices we do, we journal, I meditate. I don't meditate. I sleep. I don't sleep. We all go in and out of right. What practices work for us to be our Mm -hmm. most present self. I have learned in bits and pieces over the years, like to do this sort of like really fast scan, like to see you what's happening right now that I'm having this like big body thing go on or that my thoughts have just run away with me or both at the same time. And in this Mm -hmm. case, it was a little bit of a mishmash And I, so the, what happens is because I've trained myself now, whenever I feel my body, like kick into this sort of sweaty, (laughs) like sweaty situation, fast heartbeat worry. I I'm like, I just, my witness observer is like there. Oh, look at some of your usual things like pause, just pause. And so I think a lot of this is about, it's not about getting it right in my opinion that like today was a really cool moment because of what happened, like right after I started talking with my witness observer, but it's actually just about cultivating the ability to catch ourselves in it. Yeah. Yeah. Not take it on. Like it's all real. I mean, it was certainly real that I was sweating and it was certainly real that my heart was racing and I was hungry. Like I felt physically hungry and I noticed my thoughts starting to sort of circle in what I would call like a worrisome way. But the key was that I just happened to honor those systems, like all those symptoms with the question of like, what is this? What just happened? And what do I believe about the situation? And in that conversation, it was like, I, part of me, this like ancient manifestation of all this stuff that comes through like all of the people before me that I love that I come from yep ancestral baggage (laughs) just like erupted inside of me which is totally understandable and like all I had to do was kind of be like I am in 2022 there is enough food for me even if it's not available in this five minute period easily I'm not gonna starve I'm not actually going to die right now. And that, you know, that's my story. Like there are people where that, that is, they they could starve. And so that's very real, but to just catch like, where are we really? And how am I responding to this story I have about there's not enough for me Mm -hmm. to be okay. And then be like, but actually there is. And to go through that dialogue and, and then to get over my next core belief, which is like, donuts are not an appropriate lunch. Well, like, okay, <laughs> that's true. Fine. So what? But it was also like, it's one day out of the whole, you know, out of how many days where I was like, but I'll have food and I, it will fill me up. And as soon right. as I kind of like honored that I would be full enough, my sweat stopped, my heart stopped mm. racing. And I just, my whole system kicked back into that parasympathetic way of being, which is not that fight or flight, right? I just came out of the fight and, and I was like, yeah, I'm going to go eat donuts. And in 45 minutes, I won't be hungry and I'm okay being hungry for 45 minutes. Like that's okay. 
And then it was over. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, I just rewired this pattern yeah. today better. Well, than you, I you know, as, as you, as you talk, what comes up for me is my relationship to meditation and getting into that witness observer state. Yeah. Tell me and about that. for the longest time, for the longest time, I wanted to meditate, but I wasn't good enough. Oh, I wasn't yeah. doing it right. And that, you know, I think that goes back to a lot of perfectionistic tendencies that I have. But I tell you what, I had one meditation teacher that distilled it down so beautifully. And this is what I always come back to. It's that noticing, that noticing and awareness of like you were saying, the chatter in your mm-hmm. head, the fact that your mind is running off in these directions. As soon as I notice it, that's the practice. That's the getting the back to the present moment yeah. every time. So all, so now where I used to, to like criticize myself for my mind wandering now, every time my mind wanders and I catch it, that's the win. That's the win. That's the that's moment. The big that's win. the practice. Yeah. So now I'm excited when I notice my mind wandering. I'm like, oh, I caught you. I got, I got you. It. Look, here I am back uh. again. And it's so loving, right? Like I'm so overexcited. Shay, I couldn't even like say it so lovingly as you. It's so just about being like, oh, there I am doing that yeah. thing. And yeah, I'm human and it's okay. And I'm doing it. And I just interrupted it. And now let's see what I want to do about that. And I think like, you know, granted, I just said, like, I've been studying this for a long time. And the reason I've been studying it for so long is because I am so highly sensitive. I mean, like I had like six symptoms happen in the kitchen. Like maybe some people have two. I I don't know. I have six. I can, but I think that like, it doesn't have to take 20 years to enter, to be like, Oh, something's happening. Cause the only thing that we have to do is be like, I'm uncomfortable right now. What is that? That's it. I'm, I'm uncomfortable right now. Hmm. Yeah. And I love that about the meditation because you're right. It is. It's just about, oh, I, there it is. There's that. There thought. it is. There it is. It's the noticing. It it's, is. And that's, you know, I think I had never thought of it that, that way. And, and so for me, it's been really, really a guidepost because there are so many things that I see in myself when I'm in that witness observer state of the default, my default operating system yep. and things that I want to change, but haven't been able to change. I think a lot because it's just habitually grained, ingrained into my behavior and my mm-hmm. reactivity. And so when I get to that place where I can see it from a different perspective to see it like almost from the drone view. It's like, yes. Ooh, there you go. There you go. Doing that thing. And then as soon as I notice, it's like, oh, there I there I go. Yeah. Into that habituated pattern. That's the moment. That's the yeah. moment where I stop the habituated pattern. Yeah. Because I have noticed and I just don't go on automatic pilot. Yeah. And then you just it's I feel like it's a little bit like a light switch. And I know a teacher of mine used this metaphor really well. It's like what we're turning on and turning off. These moments where we get that drone thing and it's like, oh, it it's basically just like shining a light on something that was mm-hmm. unseen. 
And, and then I, a lot of people will be like, but what am I supposed to do about it? I saw it. And what am I supposed to do? It's like, actually nothing, just see it. And, and then it's like a decision about, okay, do I, am I, oh, there it is. Do, what do I want to do with it? Shall I keep going this way or slightly pivot or just pause for a longer and there's nothing to yeah. do and it doesn't have to feel heavy or hard. I mean, there could be some content that certainly is hard or challenging, or we may have lots of big emotions about, and that's totally cool, but it's like, well, what to do is actually just honor that you turned a flashlight on and saw something really amazing about ourselves. Right. And that's it. And the amazing thing, the amazing thing is that there really isn't anything to do beyond the the noticing, because Mm -hmm. once you notice something that you have not noticed before, you will forever see things from a different vantage point. Yeah. So every single time you notice, it's like shifting just the tiniest little bit. And so Martha Beck, Martha Beck, I think it, I can't remember which book it was in, but Mm -hmm. she talks about, you know, like a ship setting off to sail and you have the compass and you set the degrees. And if you are off just one degree that you can end up on a totally different continent. And I have taken that to be like, the tiniest shift that I can make, mm-hmm. the itty bittiest little tiny shift that I can make can create a huge difference. Mm-hmm. And so it's like putting things into perspective. Like it doesn't have to be some ginormous cataclysmic life altering reinvention of me. I just have to notice one thing I want to change and take the tiniest step in that direction. Yeah. And so much will change. It's true. I mean, and I've always loved that Martha Beck example because it's, we cannot, like, I can see it, you know, it's like I can experience what does one degree do. And I think like we've been, um, our family, we've, we've, I've just gotten into like top golf, like me and my daughter started going with my husband to, to like the striving range. And I never golfed before. And I still don't know at all what I'm doing. Um, but what I learned is that wherever your feet, like where you line up the mm, golf or, club, mm-hmm. it determines the trajectory de- of the ball. Determines right? the tra- yeah. I mean, like, a, right. Any athlete yeah. is like, uh-huh, Rachel. Yeah, we know. Um, but it's such I'm, a, it's I'm no so, athlete, my friend. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm also not enough. So, but the cool thing for me is like, it's because it's not like a, a so, I, I played soccer, like, you know, my foot is bigger than a golf club. The ball is much bigger than a golf ball. Yeah. It, you kind of, it, it moves differently. It's like my body on contact with the ball, not this metal thing. Like, right, the golf club. I mean, I literally maybe turned it like a degree and it went your feet and feet and feet different from, you know, it's like, and it's just, it's just yeah. incredible um, that we're capable of that in a breath really yeah and um and it was just such a big little win for me like a like big thing and and I was like thinking of you and I was also thinking about how you were the one that taught me better is better and it's like these incremental (laughs) bits yeah and yeah 
And I know, you know, both of us have been doing a lot of self-work and I didn't know if you had any like big little ones you want to talk about today too. Mm. Just little, gosh, you know, yeah. my life has been in such, such a huge transitional zone. It is, there's been so much going on, but um, one thing that I will share with you is regarding joy. You know, joy is a big part of what I am trying to keep my eye on and schedule into my life and really be aware of Mm -hmm. the places and moments where I can find and cultivate joy. Because I, I recognize how caught up in the hustle and bustle factor of life where I don't stop and take notice of the tiny little things that when I do really bring me joy. So it's funny because I think I, I have, um, you know, I don't know, back in the day when you got married, you registered for China. Yes. And I registered for wedding China. Yes. And so, so Matt, Matt and I got married in 2003 and I can count on a hand <laughs> how many times I've used that wedding China. Yeah. And Common it's like, issue. you know. For me, it's like, no, no, no. I don't want to use it. I want to save it for a special it's so occasion. so special. We can't use the special things. I do that with clothes. And so, I do that with China. I do it with shoes. Yeah. yeah. And so at some point in time, very recently, I was like, I'm going to use this every day. I'm just going to use this as the everyday dishes. Yes. And that little shift for me, uh. it was it was really big because I'm like, okay, it's a huge thing because I think for me, it says honor every day as a special occasion. And, and, you know, the things that we spin out in our heads, you know, but, but yeah, so I, I am, I'm looking for those little tiny shifts. Mm-hmm. And that one is like, that's nothing. That's just mm-hmm. a mind shift. Mm-hmm. That's just a shift of how I chose to think of something not even a a change of behavior or trying to create a new habit. Mm -hmm. It was just, and I think that that's really important because so much, so much hinges upon our mindset Mm -hmm. and we foreclose options because of mindset. And as easily as we can foreclose them, we can open an array by just the tiniest shift of thought. So yeah, that's, um, that's been a big thing for me and to, and to find in the mundane, the littlest bits of joy, because I think that I, for me have packaged joy to be, it needs to be some monumental, really big ticket item. Mm -hmm. And because I have that really super high expectation of what it should be, Mm. it's never enough. No, the shoulds, they steal all the joy. Yeah. Yeah. It steals all the joy. Mm-hmm. And then when I distill it down to like today, we were walking out um, of an appointment and there were, someone had a bird feeder out and the most beautiful little yellow birds were sitting perched, eating at the bird feeder. And we all three stopped and just watched it. Oh. And that was a really beautiful, joy filled moment and you add those little moments up and that's where you get big joy 
adding up the little tiny moments. I think you, you just said so many things that I would love to pick apart for a million years, but what I, the biggest one that I think I heard highlighted is like, see, we're all, we've all been, a lot of us have been conditioned for that big joy should that, and then a lot of times we're disappointed that when we get mm-hmm. to an event that's supposed to feel like that, it, it's subpar. Like birthdays are hard for a lot of right. us for that reasons, right? Or right. like, um, or we have them and we loved them, and then we're in massive grief afterward because it's gone. The drop off. The drop off. Yeah. There's, and then we're like in grief hangover, and and I, what I'm loving, like as you talk about these, like building like just moment by moment is that we're also we're kind of like building our tolerance to really invite more little and big and medium experience of joy but be able to act I mean we taught lots of us in this space talk about this like the ability to be vulnerable vulnerable enough to enjoy joy and also to be able to tolerate joy which is really a it's a very vulnerable thing oh yeah Um, And so I love that in the practicing, it's like twofold in the practicing of like, I'm going to make craft macaroni and cheese and eat it on my wedding china, which is like, you know, an apple and peanut butter is like, that's so great in these like moment by moment. And like, I'm going to watch the bird and I'm going to like smell the flower. We're doing just like what we would do if we wanted to like build up our biceps. It's like, do a little rep. Make, and then right. and then do a few more a couple weeks later and then building our tolerance for more and practicing gently practicing the ability to cultivate accepting that small moment accepting that medium sized moment accepting that large size moment and then being okay with everything in between and below because the more we cultivate yeah. our capacity for joy the more we actually can also tolerate sadness because we're, we're, we're creating this pendulum that where our heart can expand into both with a lot more ease. And I think absolutely what you've said is just, it's clutch for that reason. And so many more. Mm, Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. I, and I think what you said about the, you know, the top golf thing, you know, it's like, where your where your trajectory is going to head off you know so it always brings me back to where are my eyes focused on are my eyes focused where I want to go or where I want the ball to go or am I stuck in the minutiae and perfectionism of all the other components of how to get there how to make it happen and what I've found is and what I'm I'm embracing practicing more of is keeping my eyes up keeping my eyes up yeah so good that's so good oh I love that thank you for that every time I get to talk to Karen I learn something new and I deepen my wisdom I love the way she describes everything um she has such a keen awareness of the beauty in the world and she has this way of honoring what exactly what I wanted to get across today that there are some small things that make a 
big difference in our life. And I really am so thankful to Karen for joining us today. Don't forget to check her out on Living in the Sandwich Zone. She explores this being in the middle of mothering and helping her parents who are at the end of their journey, not complete end, but toward the end. And so she's in the middle and she does a lot of beautiful conversations to explore what that's like and help resource everyone. Before we get to our key takeaways, I want to say this. I skipped an entire thing and telling you my story by accident because I was so excited while I was chatting with Karen. We have in our family some autoimmune conditions and some food allergies and sensitivities. So in the realm of all this food scarcity stuff, there's a whole thing that happens when people have to overmanage their food. And I'm going to be speaking about that in an upcoming newsletter. So if you want a little more detail on that, you can go to rachelbrumberger.com slash free and you can get a wellness toolkit. So you can grab this bundle that I've made for everyone to have access to like, where do I start with my wellness? Like, is it with my care providers? Is it with what I do at home? Do I need a permission slip? There's a really cool lifestyle exercise in there. And then you can hear a little more of the story if you'd like. So I hope that I'll see you in that community. And here we go on key takeaways. I could have picked this apart and apart and apart for eons because there were so many delicious moments, but ultimately what it comes down to is the importance of checking in with what we think, how it impacts our bodies and how, when our bodies and minds are doing things, we check in to understand it better. This is why I wanted to start doing these big little wins conversations and I look forward to doing more of them. But it really is about training ourselves to pause and check in and then relish in what we've learned about ourselves. That's the key takeaway for the day and to love the little things, love the little moments, whether they're comfortable or uncomfortable and make more abundance of goodness and comfort in our life from those small moments. I'm wishing you well. I hope you have an amazing week. We'll talk to you next week. Take care. If you love podcasts, then you probably know that you can subscribe to them using that little plus button on your podcast app. And if you do that, Unscripted will be ready to listen to every Monday morning for you. Also, if you have the time to rate and review this podcast, it would mean the world to me. It helps everybody find what we're doing. That's how it works. The more reviews and ratings people get, the easier it is for people we don't know to find this information. So if you have the ability to do that, you have a moment to spare. Thank you so much for that. Thanks for tuning in to Unscripted. This is your weekly dose of real talk, deep love, and medicine. I can't wait to talk to you again next week. You take care.